Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? You're not feeling the best no, today. No, I'm not. I mm-hmm. just, I'm not quite sure what's going on, but I, maybe it's just been. Maybe it's just general malaise. <laughs> I hate that's that all, term, but yeah, uh-huh. it covers everything. I, yeah, yeah I, I like that. Overall malaise, general yeah. malaise, whatever. I like that. Malaise. What does that mean, Lynn? It, it's a French word that means sick. There you go. Sick. Yeah. So um, I don't know what it is. I don't. I, it could be that it's just the allergies because they have been really kicking in lately. Something is blooming. And I can feel it. I, it just, I hear it. It's in my head. I haven't gotten sinus headaches in months. But whatever it is, it's, it's a coming. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, hopefully this show will liven you up a little bit. Okay. All right. And 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 lucky, lucky for all of you listeners, you get three segments of Laurie and Lynn this time. Wow. Woohoo! We have five Saturdays in the month of July. So uh, we moved people around. So yes. here we are yeah, today. Mm-hmm. How was okay. the Fourth uh, of July at the Paw Pack? It was absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. That weather this was past gorgeous, wasn't it? Was it, you couldn't have scripted it Mm-mm. better. It Beautiful. was really wonderful, especially Tuesday's weather. Yep, it was gorgeous. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So we did actually take the bo- the boat out. This was the first time we had the boat out in the water. Uh, just because we haven't been around in a lot of weekends, or it was raining. So we took the boat out, had a wonderful ride, and we were commenting on the fact that where we go, which is often called the Party Cove Mm -hmm. at the lake, is usually a place where you find people with all kinds of boats. Hooked up, linked up, tied tied together, together. right? And there's always a a kind of a a game you play when when you go in there to see... Who's got the largest line of boats connected? Uh-huh. Sometimes seventeen. Sometimes Jeez. it's ridiculous. You can't even. Well, know we saw who's it that there. time we went on the boat last right. year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to tell you for the record, this Sunday, which would be Prime Day up there, on Sunday there were over two hundred boats in the cove. There were people tied How up. How could you even 20 get through it? It, well, it was very hard. Yeah. Very hard to find a lane to get around. And then people were jumping off the boats and in the water on rafts. <sighs> so that made it even more difficult. It was like a... <laughs> Whoa. What do they call those things? Um, Pinball uh, machine? Yeah, well, yeah. but that, but I'm also thinking... Bumper of, co- something? It's something uh, like you just keep hello. putting up... Uh, 
like you know, a, garages and yeah. barriers, and you have to a, an obstacle course. Thank you. That's there you go. Whoa! I got it. Yes. And indeed, it was. I mean, not only did you have the people on the boats, but then all of a sudden, you had one group of people who were actually standing up on kayaks and moving them around. Oh so God. you couldn't even see the kayaks. All you could see was a human being's body going around. You couldn't tell where they were, where the boat ended and they began. So it was really very treacherous to get through it. But we did just simply because one of the people on the boat had a desire to see who was in the coat. So we did. And um, couldn't wait to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So nice to be out on the open water again and tooling along and it was fun and the boat's doing okay oh it's fabulous it's just in such great shape it's really really good and was the chief driving or he was for some part of it and not not i think near the cove though exactly once mm -hmm. we got near the cove got a little bit nervous yeah well so i don't blame him no i don't either um and that's the kind of circumstances where it's difficult for him to have to make very short quick decisions decisions, yeah because he kind of you know can't process all wavers a little a little and in the meantime we're up on the shore but (laughs) hello (laughs) no but he just he loved it he really enjoyed being out in the boat and he actually liked being a passenger because with you driving i wasn't driving it was our friend robert who was driving okay but that's not normally how it is so he really thought it was pretty cool to be sitting on the side. There you go. And that boat can really, it, kick, it has 18, it down. 14 people can sit comfortably wow. on the boat. So it, everybody had a lot of room. We got the double bimini tops put up so that you've got complete Some protection from the sun. Protection, yeah. Yeah, it was good. So it was nice to take the boat out for a spin and discovered that... Um, Part of it, part of the cover of the boat, had a huge hole in it. It <gasps> From was what? torn. But the only thing I can think of is that it had to do with people shooting firecrackers off from the dock, which they do, and the embers land all yeah, over yeah. the boats and put a hole in it because it wasn't there. It's a brand new boat, right? And it was that hole was not there when we put it together the last time and came up. So what has to so, happen now? Well, we have to take s- some gorilla tape and go down there and oh, seal man. it up. Or I can take the whole thing off and take it over to a woman who does canvas repairs, but I probably won't be able to get that back until September at this point. So I just said, Ugh, yeah, patch it for a while. Put the gorilla tape on yeah, it. for a while. Fine. So that's what we did. We did that. We had three major cookouts, um, lots of food. We went to the Newfoundland Inn uh-huh. and had some food there with um, Pat's family, which was nice. It's really nice to see everybody. Hadn't seen him since Uncle Joe's funeral in April. So everybody was there. Um, the food was not good. And I think we discovered that's because it was the Monday night chef. You know, that was yeah not what we expected, but... It wasn't that good. It just had no taste to it. It really was, it was missing something. But, but they had some mojitos and loved them. Everybody good. had a good time. Let's just put it that way. Good. The food wasn't that great, but we really had a good time. So that was pretty much what we did the whole time. And my friend Joan Glover was there. Um, she came up on 
Sunday and stayed overnight and left on Monday evening. And it was nice to have her as a visit. And I know she listens to our show. So shout out to Joni Glover. Yeah, Joni. How is our Joni? West Sider. She's so nice. Yes, she's fine. I love her. Well, that's good. Well, so what did you do over the weekend? Well, it, it was uh, a little bit crazy, as always. Um, Friday night, Sean came home for a couple nights. So we all went out for dinner. We went down to um, Alfredo's, um, and he met us there with Ann Cadnoran. Okay. And um, Saturday night, Meyer and I took a ride up to see Michael Luzzi and mm-hmm. up at Kit Lake Cary. So we went up with him for Saturday night. Sunday night, um, we after mass, Sean and I went to five o'clock mass, and then we went. And it, when it was the most perfect night, we went to Russell's after um, mass early, like six six fifteen. We got there, and it was so beautiful. Yeah. We sat outside under the porch part, and we it really we just had a great time because it was so there was no music or anything but the weather was so perfect and you know looking forward you still had a couple more days off so it was kind of nice so that we did that and then um and my lovely sweet um i keep saying niece but she's really my cousin my cousin's daughter tessa baldessari works there and she takes good care of us as you know tessa and um Monday night, we went to Deb and John Peterson's house for a cookout. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday, we went to um, my mother's house at the pool. Not Barbara's, but down to my mother's where we grew up at 813 North Main Avenue. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where we were. You know, where our papers were delivered by some yeah. handsome mm-hmm. paper boy years yes. ago? Yeah. Named Bill Evans. Him. Mm-hmm. So, So that's what we did. And so there was lots to do. And then Sean left on Wednesday to go back to D.C. because he starts today, as you're listening to us, we tape on Thursday. He starts at um, with Joe Biden's initiative, new initiative, the cancer um, initiative. So mm-hmm. he's starting in D.C. today and he's very happy. And also over the on Wednesday, yesterday, he got his LSAT score. I was just going to ask you if he got an answer. He got it yesterday. He was a nervous wreck because he's waiting and waiting and waiting. And he got 173 or nine in the 99th percentile. Oh, 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 (laughs) baby. Yay. So he is thrilled beyond thrilled. I'm sure he is. He worked really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So now along with his grades from Penn, and this should set him in a very good position to get where he wants to go. So where does he want to go? Well, he's got, he's... He's figuring out. We won't say right now because okay. I want to see what he wants to do. Uh-huh. But he um, he applies in November. So we'll see what happens at that okay. point. But he is thrilled. And, I mean, God love him. I, You should have seen him. He came downstairs. He was just getting ready to leave. And I was getting things packed for him, you know, goodies. And I made him his favorite gluten-free macaroni, homemade macaroni and cheese. And I was getting that and a couple other things wrapped up. And um, he came down and he's just looking at me. I'm like, yes. And he said, I got my score. And I said, oh my God. So anyway, we were thrilled, 
thrilled. Had he already opened it? At that oh, point? it's an email. It comes in an email. I said, send me the email. I said, now, how do you know the percentile? He said, mom, it tells you right on it. They tell you your, your score, mm-hmm. and then they give you the percentile. Okay. Like which percentile you're in. So that's... That's fabulous. So he is psyched, psyched, psyched. That's good. So um, anyway, he and then today he starts his job. So it's, you know, new field for him, but he's back working with the um, immediate past vice president. Yep. Um, and I was teasing because I said he's working with the vice president and, and Frank Blasey was te- teasing me. He said, oh, you mean Mike Pence? I said, no, 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 the vice president. Joe Biden. <laughs> so anyway, it was it was funny, but um, so he's happy. Not that he he just he's just happy to be starting a new a new job and to be where he is. He's just it's just a good good space for him. So, so thank the, God, the thank job God. that he's taking on now is something that will carry him through for a year. Yeah, least, he'll right. right. And then he will go to he'll to go to law, law school, school, and I guess they start in August of of, of the 18. year before of eighteen. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, he was with the law firm for a couple months. Well, mm-hmm. since January, actually, um, after he left McGinty at the end of the year when she did not win, um, he, and so then he got hired by. Um, the, I don't know the exact, I know it's a the cancer initiative, the Joe Biden initiative, so I don't know the exact term. I'll have to get the okay. exact. But he's working in their D.C. office. And I said, Sean, this is good because it's a whole new realm of learning because he's never really worked in healthcare. Obviously, he's only a kid. kid. How would he have? But, you know, he's done so much political stuff and, and even his internships were all like very political. So now this is another aspect of well, um, the, nonprofit the world, world too is a very interesting nonprofit and healthcare. He couldn't be, it's good. I yeah. said to him, there's fundraising and all that stuff. He'll, he'll be able to mm-hmm. uh, glean from being there. So we'll see what happens. So and then how Tommy best doing with his- And Tommy called last night. Tommy is on his way to London tonight, oh. London of all places mm-hmm. for eight days. And of course I'm a nervous wreck. So that's where he's going with but Apple. He's worked out the deal with, um, was it Apple? Yeah. So far, yeah, so he's, he's just good. hanging on, doing what he has to do okay, until he good. decides it's what he something else. But yeah, so he'll be there for at least two more months. All right. That's fair. That's what he told me. So he's he's leaving today. And then I will see him um, and Sean. They will be together home for my mother, Ann Cadnaran's 80th birthday party. The uh, ah. 5th of August. Okay. Mm-hmm. 80, huh? 80 years old. The big eight All zero. Right. So if you see Ann Cadden, wish her a big happy birthday. She doesn't care. She doesn't. It doesn't matter if she cared or not. I'm announcing the, the, <laughs> the day, the uh, year. Because what do I, what do we talk about all the time? Women who won't talk about how yes, old they are. Too bad. Too stupid. It is stupid. So here yeah. she, so here she goes. She's going to be 80. Oh, that's right. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book, 
called Power of the Purse. Fear-free finances for baby boomer women. Available on Amazon.com. Thank you. And I am Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business. And here we are. Yeah. Second half, second segment. Woohoo! Yeah. You got all, you got us for the whole time. The whole time. Folks. The whole time. Yeah. So I, I have an article I wanted to read. I wrote this. Did I tell you about um, Investopedia? No. Okay. Investopedia is an online um, site that is for people who have questions about investments. And people who are certified financial planners can go on that site and answer the questions for the people. And they can also contribute articles. So I got myself set up to be a part of that. And I just submitted this article um, yesterday, as a matter of fact. So we'll see what happens with it. If it's um, approved by the editors, then it gets posted. And the last one I did was picked up by um, NASDAQ, which is the um, trading platform for the smaller stocks. So they have their own newsletter, apparently, and they picked it up. And so that's good. So this is the other one I wrote. We'll see if this gets picked up by anybody. But it's called Retire or kick the can down the road. <laughs> I know the idea of retirement sounds really magical, a true fantasy. Not the money part of it, but the activity part of it. So let's say you did your homework and like a good doobie, you save the amount you need to sustain your lifestyle, unforeseen circumstances notwithstanding. You've bid goodbye to your desk, your coworkers, the cafeteria crew, the parking lot attendants, and grabbed all your stuff from the office. You head out the door into what? Did you plan for the 24 7 365 ahead of you? What will you do with all that time? Most retirement planning focuses on the money side of the equation, and that's not to diminish its value. It's important. Equally important is what you will do with all that time, which was consumed by your commitment to your business or to your career. Now, with a blank sheet in front of you, have you considered how you will spend that time? The rate of divorce in those over the age of 65 with at least 25 years of marriage under their belts is dramatically increasing and has done so since the 90s, mostly because the partners in the marriage have been so busy in their own lives, they forgot to plan for an extraordinary amount of time together as they face the next 20 or so years of their lives. The most often used phrase to describe this is, who is that sitting across from me at the breakfast table? Yes, you've both been developing lives independent of each other, and those lives have been fulfilling for both. If you have not considered this conundrum, you might find yourself asking, what would I do with my husband slash wife if I had an unlimited amount of time to be with him or her? And wow, does that bring up a whole lot of consternation. To find some answers to this, consider the list of things you said you would do someday when you had the time. This may or may not include a spouse. As long as you both accept that you will not need to babysit each other and you will find some great social outlets for each of you, consider joining a group of like-minded people. Again, you and your spouse do not have to do everything together. That will breed some nasty arguments and repressed frustration. 
If you can discuss your interests without the belief that you must do it all together, you will find a very exciting and rewarding life apart and together. Think of the volunteer causes you've always wanted to be involved in. Give them some time and not so committed that you can't be available for other fun things to do. Each of you would probably have separate causes you can support and really feel fulfilled. Seriously, like you are making a difference. And you are. What about your spiritual life? Has that been nothing more than a casual hour or so once a week without really engaging you in something meaningful? Find some work within your religious preferences that would yield some measurable results you can feel good about. They always need an extra hand. Does retirement translate into full-time leisure? That would become a full-time job and lose its luster. Schedule it into your month, but not so heavily you have no time for everything else. And education. Many adult ed programs in the local colleges, so many adult ed programs in the local colleges, you'll never run out of things to challenge your mind. Learning something new is a prescription for great mental health. And speaking of health, how about the gym membership you promised yourself you'd use? Time to dust off the sneakers and get on that treadmill and meet some interesting people there who are not constantly checking themselves out in the mirrors. Don't become a couch potato now that the routine of work is over. Create a new routine that supports your love of life and it will return more than you can imagine over the next 20 years. Get busy. Yes. Yeah, we don't want couch potatoes. We well, don't like couch tomatoes. Though. Yes, we do like couch tomatoes. It's a wonderful place. In Absolutely. In Maniunk. But couch potatoes, no, not a good thing. No. But there's so, so much um, research done that says the people who become couch potatoes after they retire end up cutting off anywhere between five and ten years of their life mm-hmm. because of the inactivity. Yeah. And no stimulation, mentally or any other way. So let's not let that happen. No, and I think it's kind of nice um, to be able to have that time to rest your body and to feel comfort around you like that by sitting because you never did. Yeah. But it's got to be mixed with um, everything else because I think so many, I mean, I, I was thinking, just thinking about this this morning when I was getting ready and moving about in the morning and I thought, God, when you think about what you used to do when I was raising two children and by myself and getting them ready and out the door and myself and and was not and was working for someone else and not myself then and all the commitments and the stuff you had to do. Sometimes I think, I don't know how the hell I did it. I know. I really don't because now it's just hard enough trying to keep whatever I'm doing together daily. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, how did I do it? And it was crazy and, be, and making sure there was, you know, if, if I weren't there, that I had a babysitter scheduled or that dinner plans. I was talking to Mary Jo Prino and we were talking about the, you know, Prino's restaurant. And I said, Mary, that was the day that I was having Sean the night before because I had a scheduled C-section with my second one. And so the night before we ate at Prino's restaurant, spaghetti and meatballs. And she's like, I remember you were sitting in the third booth at the, she knew exactly. <laughs> and she said, and I remember when she said, and we used to say, eat garlic, it'll help. And I'm thinking, no, I don't want to bring this on. I am scheduled for a section. <laughs> we'll wait. But um, so we were talking about that. And then I said, and then afterwards they started to go to 
to Bestokis Prenos was closed. They late couple years later went to Bestokis, and then when my, I my they were a little older, and my babysitter would I had a sitter that drove. She would Colleen. She would drive them to Bestokis and have dinner. And I Brenda I would call Brenda. Hey, whatever they want, just get it. I'll pay Bubba. And you just think about all those pieces of things you had to do and make sure from food in the refrigerator to the everything. Mm-hmm. And when you're a single person living in your house um those kind of things you don't necessarily like if there's not milk it's like okay so no big deal i'll get it later right those <laughs> and so then you take on everything else different you know responsibilities of of other things that i don't know i guess it, it's just all very nostalgic lately and i'm thinking how the heck did you do it well that's the thing that when i think of women who have children in their 40s you know, because they say, I've always wanted, couldn't find the right partner, blah, 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 whatever it is. Or even adopting in your 40s. Yeah. I just look at that and I think, where do you find the energy? Uh-huh. Because I get it when you're 20. Yeah. You know, you have the energy. Yeah. But when you're in your 40s and, and you're also trying to do all the other things, it's probably close to your peak years in your career. Uh-huh. Where you're making some very significant choices. Uh-huh. And it's just... I don't understand how you can do all coordinate all that and also raise a, a young family. Yeah, it's very it's, hard, very hard. And I, yeah. and, and now when I look at things, because I'm so like removed from it, I think like I'm, <laughs> no, don't want it. Don't, yeah, you know, yeah, you just yeah. think like that's mm-hmm. been there and done that. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it's, you know, and I was 27 and 32 when I had my yeah, children. So that right. wasn't, real young i mean 27 was appropriate you know 32 is a little bit older but not you know i mean it it's women are having children later i know it and god love them more power to them yes but i Um, just it's the 40 somethings that i yeah because you're just thinking you're kind of kicking into your own and i just got my recent aarp oh yay um magazine with my dear friend Steve Martin on the cover. Did you get that no, one yet? I guess not. Oh, I no, love it. And it, it was talking about your 50s, your health, your wealth, and your, uh, you know, something else. And I, I, I think that they were talking, they said that this is like, these are crucial years for 50-year-old people in their 50s, you know, making money, mm-hmm. setting themselves up a good yep. 10 years or so before retirement, that kind of stuff. So um, it, it's, it was a neat article. I meant to I meant to bring it with me because I wanted to refer to it, but I'll I'll do it next time. But it was great. It's great. Yeah, it's um, it's and I was in the company of one of our uh, guest experts, Dr. Nicole Denova, last week, and uh, we didn't have a full dinner, but we went out, um, and she brought her daughter. Oh. Tess. <gasps> Adorable. Who is just the sweetest little thing. She is. She is. And she's teething Uh now. So I just, I think, poor Nicole, because this is tough. You know, she was just, she was, Tess was a little bit antsy, you know, and and just couldn't find anything, any place that would make her comfortable. Mm -hmm. And and it was a very funny experience because Like, don't you wish you could cry like a baby when you're sitting somewhere and you're uncomfortable? Yeah. Like, think about how on a Johnny shaking his head. Yes, he wishes he could do that. Like, think about that ability of a baby. They're not comfortable. What do they do? They start crying. Yes. (laughs) Like, I want to start crying for that guy. The hard part is, though, that you can't, you don't know why. 
all the time. You can't always tell why are they crying. Well, right, but but they were crying for a reason. That yes, that uh, I had ordered. <laughs> I forget what it was. I had something, and I and I finished it. And Nicole had something else. She had a salad, and she said something to the waitress and said, "Do you have any bananas? Because that's one thing that she loves. Tess loves to eat a banana." Uh-huh. And she said, "No," but she said, "How about some applesauce?" Oh, said, oh good that idea. Would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was getting sitting on my lap, getting kind of antsy, and and um, Nicole brought out the little thingy that she chews on. What do they call Pacifier? it? Pacifier. Yes, but there's other names for Binky. it. Binky. You know. And she had one I hadn't heard before, but okay. anyway, she needs her her thing. All right, so she got that out, and she was gnawing on it, and I could tell that that's what it was, that it was her, you know, teeth coming mm-hmm. out. So then she started jumping around, jumping around, and then I said, how about this? I said, how about if I take, um, I, said, I didn't even say, I just said, give me that thing. So she, I And dunked it, it in the applesauce, didn't you? Yeah, in her <laughs> mouth, and she was in love heaven. Loving it. Yep. That's a good thing. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it's just creative. I love it. Well, that test is so cute. She's adorable. And she was fine. And she ate her applesauce. And she got her teeth feeling a little bit better. There we go. And then she went home for her bath and to go home, go to sleep. Tubby, tubby. There you go. There. You know Patrick in that tubby. Anyway, (laughs) we will... (laughs) We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening this morning to Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I am Laurie Cadden, and I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women. Available on Amazon.com. Okay. There we dot are. Com. So remember when I was telling you last segment about cry, you just wish you could cry? Yeah. When Sean, the years, a couple years, oh God, it was about seven years ago, we, we, he was, we started taking him to different colleges from 10, like ninth grade, 10th grade, and 11th grade, just because what the heck. Instead of trying to fit them all in, we, we started early. Now, he had seen some anyway because of Tommy, his, who's five years older. But for him, we started, just take a couple. So he was in his 10th and 10th grade at prep, and we decided to go south to do um, Duke and Georgetown and George Washington. Even though he had seen George Washington with Tommy, we thought we'd kind of get that neck of them. We were going to go to UVA. We didn't. But um, so we went, when we went to Duke... Of course, that was a long arse ride. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we we kind of had, because Tommy was clerking for Kanjorski at the time, and he was headquartered in, he was between his junior and senior year. So I think that's where he was. I think it was either his junior year going into a senior or senior going, or a sophomore into junior year. And so he was living in Philly and or in D.C. So we stayed in a hotel and kind of had that as our, you know, base base there and then we went to the schools so then we took the ride then to duke and it was 106 degrees the day that we were taking this tour no movement of air the humidity was probably 120 it was 
re, it felt like under, it was horrible. So with us, that Meyer and Michael Luzzi and Sean and I, we went for four, we spent three nights there and not there, but in DC and then doing this, these schools. So we went on the walking tour. So Mike and Meyer say, well, we'll wait in the car for you in the air conditioning. So I, so of course I said, that's fine. So I do what, you know, any mother would do, go with her son and walk around Duke. And the last part of it was up a hill in 106 degree weather. At one point, and I'm not kidding you, I literally just stopped, moved over to the side and started to cry. (laughs) It was, it was I'm telling you, I literally started to cry. It was so hot and uphill after a 20 minute, 25 minute, half hour, whatever it was walking around. I mean, the campus is absolutely beautiful, but it it was the end right up there. And I thought this is, I was trying to hold it together and like talking to myself. It's okay. It's okay. You're almost finished. You're doing it for your child. You can do this. You can do, you know, the old pep talk. Yeah. And at one point I just, kind of faded back and let everybody get ahead of me <laughs> just walked over to the side and just started crying and I mean literally crying or someone probably thought what is no one saw me but the, if they did they think what is wrong with her so then I just kind of pulled it together and finished the rest of the hill but it was it, and, and I I can never forget that feeling I for, I've never felt so hot and like totally totally that oh, yeah. in my life. It was so oppressive, I can't even tell you. We and did. I'll never forget that. And thank God he didn't go to Duke. Yeah. Well, we did something like that. Tyler and Patrick A. DiNapoli and, and me, we went to Philadelphia in the summer. Uh-huh. And we, it's just horrible, isn't it? We were trying to do a tour of the uh, historic the, area. Yeah. And, of course, the reality was there's no air conditioning no. in these places. They didn't build them that way. Well... Uh, 98 degrees, 100% humidity, Mm -hmm. and you know how slow Patrick walks. Okay. Well, it was becoming more and more and more of a struggle for him. But Tyler, you know, was all Mm gung-ho. He wanted to see everything. He wanted to get it all in. So at one point I said to both of them, I I can't do this. I just, I can't breathe. Yeah. And I have asthma. So I oh, just that's, said, yeah, that's no, bad. I can't do it. So I parked myself literally inside of a little frozen yogurt oh, store. And uh-huh. when I tell you it wasn't more than four feet wide and yeah. 10 feet long, that was it. Mm-hmm. And they, and there was no room to stand, but I just had to stand inside there. I right. said, I'm sorry. I just have to come in here. And I, I got to the point finally where I could control my breathing. And of course, there they are walking. Now they want to walk down to the next block. And I said, no, I cannot do this. Uh I'm sorry. That's it for me. So they went down the next block and saw whatever they wanted to see. And you stayed in the frozen ice cream. Right in there. And they came back and picked me up. And I just, I literally walked as fast as I possibly could to get to, to the, the hotel of oh, the car okay. and pick them up and in the air yeah. conditioned car because I couldn't stand it. That and then as soon the as you get in, you turn it on full blast oh. and it just blasts right in your face. Don't exactly. you love that? Exactly. It, it is. I, I you know, I, I always, I love the warm weather love because I love the, but it is so, give me a cold day. Remember one of our questions was, oh, and by the way, we have to talk about that. 
Did you read? Did you look at all of them? Okay. So colder because it's so much easier to get warm Mm. than it is to get cool. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, I was I was thinking of that crying thing with Tess and I thought I I did. I just did that. And that's how it is. Uh, yes, but anyway. Okay. So here's a question. Well, I, I also wanted to ask you about this because I I don't know if you would be considered to be someone who would be part of this thing, but there is an organization called M as in mother, B as in boy, O partners. And it's a, it's defined as a business operating system provider for independent workers. I don't know what that means, but... They did some kind of a survey, and it was um, just around, remember we talked a couple weeks ago about the, the fact that so many people who are now retired are doing, they call them gig workers. Yeah, they yeah. They do the Ubers Love and everything it, yeah. else. Okay. Well, this is about that, and it also has more information about where you can get some good advice if, it, if this is a path you choose. I, I didn't have this when we talked, talked about, about it. this the last time. So the story is that a fifth of the nation's 40.9 million freelance <laughs> workers earned over $100,000 last year, up from just 12.5% in 2011. So people are very seriously considering this in retirement. So it says, thanks to a robust job market, gig economy workers are increasingly able to compete on their own terms and charge more for their services. Last year, full-time independents averaged $65,300. That's why I say I don't know if they would consider what you're doing as an independent rather than having a full-time job. Uh-huh. Well, I, I was thinking some of it is when I do an event is sort of like a gig thing because exactly. it's one, one and done. It's yes. not a, a long contract, so it depends. Yeah. So I don't know if they would include people like you who are doing that, uh-huh. but um, I think that, as I said, they're... Considering people 55 and older, so I guess that's, you're there. All right. Um, the number of independents, which they call freelancers, consultants, temps, and on-call workers, is rapidly growing and now constitutes an estimated 31% of the private workforce. Wow. Um, the downside of all this is, it's not to say that it's a glorious thing because it really isn't in a lot of cases, but nearly one out of four independents surveyed by this MBO said they'd prefer a traditional job. Access to benefits remains challenging too, and the insecurity of an unpredictable workflow is stressful for many. Nonetheless, a whopping 74% of full-time independents are highly satisfied with the lifestyle. I would say that would be you. Uh-huh. The highest in the seven years they've been surveying. And a striking 84% of full-time independents said they're happier working on their own than in a traditional job. So here's six tips to launch on the gig economy. Turn to SCORE, that's an acronym, Mm S-C-O-R-E, Senior Corps of Retired Executives, to learn the business of being a freelancer or consultant. From learning how to price your services to dealing with tax regulations, there's a host of issues you need to master. Fortunately, SCORE can help you get off the ground. They have over 300 local chapters offering free and inexpensive workshops on topics like QuickBooks, 
financing your business, and creating a marketing plan. They also offer individual mentoring sessions as well as educational webinars. Number two, explore the benefits offered by Freelancers Union. Few independent gigs come with benefits, so you likely need to secure your own. One option to consider is Freelancers Union, which offers members access to a variety of benefits, including health insurance and retirement plans. The plans are limited, and not every state participates. But if you, even if you can't use the insurance, Freelancers Union provides networking opportunities, discounts, and downloadable business templates. Membership is free to independent workers. And the founder of Freelancers Union, Sarah, Sarah Horowitz, is the author of The Freelancers Bible, Everything You Need to Know to Have the Career of Your Dreams on Your Own Terms. Number three, reach out to your network for leads. For all the hype surrounding online platforms and mobile apps, most independents find opportunities the old-fashioned way by networking. Uh -huh. So remember to let your friends, colleagues, and former employers know about your new independent status. Tell them that you're interested in taking on projects and temporary assignments. Sign up with a temp service. If you think being a temp means stuffing envelopes or answering phones, think again. Today, temporary employees handle every job imaginable from the mailroom to the C-suite. There are even interim executive service firms that place top-level executives into short-term roles, as well as firms specializing in connecting recent retirees to project work. Check out online platforms and apps for independence. There's an ever-increasing number of freelance platforms, mobile apps, and job boards available to independents in every industry. Two articles to help you begin your search. The best freelance websites and marketplaces in 2017 from the nation1099.com site. And a Next Avenue article. Um, 10, I think it's 16 more great sites to find gigs and part-time work. And finally, if you're not yet ready to ditch your full-time job but wouldn't mind earning a few extra bucks, check out sites like Amazon's Mechanical Turk, Survey Say, that's S-A-Y.com, or Swagbucks.com. They feature relatively easy-to-complete tasks you can take on as time permits, like doing video transcription or conducting online surveys. They don't pay much, but they offer a great way to supplement your income from the comfort of home. Love it. There you go. All righty. Well, another, another one, one bites, bites the dust. <gasps> now that is too scary. <gasps> Lynn! Oh, God, we've been hanging out too long. All right. Anyway. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. We will see you right back here next week. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.